I would love to have a sexy robot assistant. It's August 4th, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 56, and shadow boxing through the traffic jam. I'm Abel Kirby. And using charisma as my dump stat, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> and we are here again for another Rare Encounter. This is going to be great. I can feel <laughs> it already. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, We're not trapped here with our listeners. They're trapped here with us. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Uh, I don't know. This has been an organizing principle in my life for a long time. I love the show. I have to say that legally, it, I'm required it to. It is what a I'm lot saying. of fun doing this. <laughs> I have to say. All right, I'm gonna get the fun going. There we go. Ooh, nice. Ooh, nice. Nice hiss. Nice pop. Thank you. All right. I got here a Duxbury cider. Oh, duck! Is this where the duck talk was coming from? Yes, duck yes. Earth. This is where the duck talk in the pre-show was coming from. Woo! Ah, ah. That's my duck sound. <laughs> I got a, I got a Sapporo, ah, which is not uh, too shabby. Yeah, I, I got one of those big, tall ones. I'm always impressed by how nice these cans are. You can tell that they're foreign because they're not the flimsy cans. Uh, cans. Here it's in like, Canada, cider only comes in tall boys. Mm. Really, it doesn't come in glass. I haven't seen them, no, and they don't come in the they don't come in the short cans like the three fifty five milliliter cans either. Oh, I only come in the short cans. Oh my! Oh my! Well, we had a I got, I didn't get scooped. I didn't get scooped. Hagen das. Yeah, yeah, and I know why. Uh, before before we do that, before we do that, I just want to say we do not have an executive producer for tonight's show, and that makes me a sad panda. Oh. Aww. Maybe next week. Yes. Well, I got so, my... As you were saying... I was watching some of the Olympics, and I'm not going to bring the Olympics up too much on here, other than this one bit, which is, as uh, we all know, NBC uh, paid a lot of money to broadcast the Olympics, and they're getting, uh, I don't know, they're losing their ass, let me put it that way, because no one's watching it, the advertisers are... are, are having a problem with that way hey, we paid this much you sold us these ads and no one's watching okay that's a fun When's story the last from time other... anybody actually did care about the olympics well i used to care about it i care about it a little now but it's just terrible to watch so i won't instead i watch other people watch the olympics and this time i watched uh kevin hart and the snoop dog watch the olympics oh shit and that's what i clipped and it, it was something that should have been on hog story it's not it's total hog story material. So I got a bunch of questions where they have, uh, uh, it's just out of context shit with the making funny noises like this, uh, where they would be making noise. If I actually would turn the, the fader up, there we go. Let's try that again. <laughs> West coast. Yeah. West coast. Okay. Two sets of speedos. Yeah. One, two, three. It's just all these stupid things that they're saying, you know, and it doesn't, uh, there was one bit where they have the horse they're doing um, equestrian, I think it was the name of the sport. They they just had, you know. This horse is off the chain. I got to get this motherfucking a video. <laughs> that was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> nice. He likes it, yeah. He ain't did nothing but just sat on the motherfucking and went for the ride. 
Yeah. Do the horses get medals when they win too, or they don't get medals? <laughs> so that's the level yeah, of commentary. Yeah, they should give the horses medals. Yeah, it just what said the other. fuck. <laughs> they're 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 Olympians. They're participating in sport. Why the fuck don't they get medals? Yeah, they're horses. Just the, just the tiny little jockeys. They get medals, but they have to wear them on their feet, and they're called shoes. And they're made of metal. They're made of metal, but it's yeah, not prestigious. Yeah, well, you, can, you can't really make horseshoes out of gold. They don't really work very well that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I only got two clips on the soundboard. I got this one right here. Good job. <laughs> Which just, <laughs> I thought it was fun. There was one more. Okay, all right, that was an easy one. Come on, let's do another one. Yeah, that's, I can imagine that on the hog story dump, you know. Maybe I'll both zip these of those, up. Both of those sound like contenders for the end of show ISO for no no agenda. No, you think I should send one Especially of those? Especially the first one. The first one is like is like what I would expect Adam to bring and the second one is what <laughs> I'd expect John to bring. What was the what was the first one that you you heard? No, of those two you just played. Oh, the uh, do another or good job. Both. Good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah, oh, that's oh. the one that Adam would bring. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I put that on my soundboard. Uh, I also got this one, which is just called Sex. Ah, ah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just out of context. They made funny sounds. This is the only other one. And now, this one was really fun to listen to. It's got some really interesting um, phonics going on inside it. So just just listen carefully to these two two adult men making noises. There you go. I love it. The fuck? I love it. That is a great one. <laughs> crazy oh man so that was my throw that was my throw a bit i thought it was fun so i clipped it but we do have important news hold we on hold on i still think my good job is more appropriate for our show than that one though you know good job good job <laughs> good job good job yeah i like it now i got one too we got dueling good jobs. We got dueling, uh, what do we have? Dueling buzzers. I got a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is, uh, too long. Mine kicks ass. It's too loud, too. My, my buzzer, you know it means fucking sir, business. Sir, could you please turn down your buzzer? Your buzzer's too loud. It's upsetting my duck. No. <laughs> <laughs> my duck. My poor little duck. My duck. He don't know where to quack. He's scared to quack. He's intimidated by that buzzer. You gotta turn it down. No. Da -da -da -da, da -da -da -da. Oh, you're playing some duck songs before the show. <sighs> oh man, including some terrible ones. But yeah. I have I have the story of the week though. This is yeah the world's smokiest ball. I don't know. I got some smoky balls. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I'm glad my pedal's working again. <laughs> the uh, did you see the picture of this thing? Yeah, I did. The world's smoking. That actually ball. looks pretty amazing. I want to know what the fuck is it. I want to know what you think it is. I had the answer. I have a clip about it, and I I cut all the context out. I just gave you a picture. I want to know what you think it is. It is. It is well, some first, sort of material that is normally a gas at ambient temperature at a single atmosphere just describe the picture describe the picture well, for, the, for the listeners somebody's wearing a thick glove yes. and they're holding this they're holding this ball it's yeah a, it's about the size of a size of a nut yeah right and there's 
smoke pouring down from the bottom of it that's pooling around and there's smoke rising from it. <laughs> it's it's a really smoky ball. It's a smoky, smoky ball. Let's go to the clip. A few weeks ago, I bought some titanium tetrachloride, which I heard is one of the most obnoxious chemicals. It came in this nice elongated tuna can and it was wrapped up in a little blanket. <laughs> Almost immediately, a bunch of white smoke started pouring out. This is a mixture of hydrochloric acid and titanium oxides, which form as the titanium tetrachloride, reacts with oxygen and moisture in the air. But anyway, what I've always wanted to do was try and soak a super ball in it. Yeah. When it was done, it had nice. completely changed colors and it kind of looked like a little planet. I don't know for sure, but this has to be the world's smokiest ball. And it is the world's smokiest ball, as far as I can tell. So he took one of those rubber super balls and he, and he like, he soaked it in the, te in the, what's it, titanium tetrachloride? Yes, it said? was. A few weeks ago, yeah. I bought some titanium tetrachloride. Yes. And, it, and it is, it is indeed smoky as all fuck. Yes, indeed. Now, so this is, so this is some sort of chemical reaction bet between, the uh, between the titanium tetrachloride and whatever material these super balls are made of. No, it's actually between the air. So it it uh -oh. uh, it soaked into the super ball, and so it just sort of absorbed some of this stuff because it was soaking in the liquid. And then he took it out of the liquid, and it was still smoky. But it's it's reacting to the um, the oxygen and the um, water vapor in the air is making it smoky. That's the chemical so the, reaction. So then the, the tetrachloride, it is uh, outgassing after being absorbed into the ball. Yeah. And then it's reacting with the air, and that's why it keeps smoking like that. That is exactly because un happened. Because unlike just having having the container there, having it actually soaked in means it's now coming out at like a slower controlled pace, and so you get this, you get this smokiness to it, I guess. Good job. Yeah. That's the world's smokiest ball. And it does look like a little yeah. planet. It looks really cool the way they, they photographed it. It looks like a tiny it little planet does. with an it atmosphere. Looks like, it, it looks like somebody's holding Uranus. <laughs> oh, my God. Another zinger on Rare Encounter. <laughs> Good. I, I'm, I'm just laying them out tonight, aren't I? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, man. I, I wanted to just go back to us for a second to the, the way he describes the packaging for this thing. Um, which I think is right here. I heard is one of the most obnoxious yeah, chemicals. It, here. it came in this nice elongated tuna can and it was wrapped up in a little blanket. Yeah, that's how you know it's good. If it comes in an elongated tuna can. Now, some there's a word. I, I just want to ask you, Cold. Is there a word for an elongated tuna can already? Not to my knowledge. How about just, just a, a regular fucking can? <laughs> it's... You mean like a well, normal when I, can? When I think tuna can, for some reason, I'm actually thinking sardine cans. No. This was like, so he said, it was like one of those weird small cans you get tuna fish uh, uh, pieces inside, but it was taller. Yeah, I'm like not much of a, a tuna person. I'm, I'm, I'm a sardine person. Oh, I love the tuna. Believe me. But, well, uh, I do, I do enjoy some fatty tuna uh, as a strip, as a strip or... On top of some uh, vinegared rice, ah, and the sushi. But that oh. I don't. But that's not the that's not the type of uh, tuna you get in a can. No, no, you get the chicken of the sea. Is it chicken? Is it tuna? Who knows? Someone asked Paris Hilton. What? Why would she know? She well, doesn't know anything. Well, she uh, never mind.
It's an old reference. I'll shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do we got for topics today? You get, What do you want? You want to bring something? Well, I heard, I I saw in your notes something that uh, something that we need to we need to mention. I mean, there the the Zephyr. It's been stopped. Yes, the Zephyr has been suspended between Grand Junction and Denver since late last week. Uh, this was a story that I got off No Agenda Social. This was Mark M H Johnson on NAS uh, posted the story. It is actually about a mudslide in Glenwood Springs. And uh, let me post the Denver post. Uh, I'll post the post for uh, in the Rare Encounter chat so you can all look at it. It has some, I think the photo that I'm looking at is in that article. I can't remember if I got it somewhere else. But anyway, if you drive from Denver, which is on the east side of the Rockies, if you drive all the way across the Rocky Mountains, you end up on the next city on the other side is Grand Junction. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's on the west side of the Rockies. Okay, yeah. It's a really cool drive. I've done it a bunch of times when I lived there. Um, I used to have a friend on one side, uh, and so I'd go over to see him once in a while. I also go over for fun. It's a, it's just a great drive to get up in the mountains there. So I've been on these two roads in the photograph, and you know they're mountain roads that kind of go up and down, and they get you around. But then the best part of the whole drive is this Glenwood Springs area where you go into the canyon, and it's just canyon walls on either side, and there's a lake at the bottom of the canyon, and there's two roads they go through and you're going through like tunnels and stuff and zooming around these corners. It is, it is one of the most scenic parts of Colorado. And, uh, so except now it sounds like, it sounds like you don't have, you don't have a Canyon so much as you have a big pool of water and mud. Yep. So the water at the bottom is the, is the lake that has always been there, but way up off one of the sides of the Canyon. Yeah. A bunch of mud rolled down and it covered up the roads uh, the top road, I think, is the inbound traffic. Right, let's call it actually the uh, the westbound traffic, and the bottom road is the the eastbound traffic. And then the California Zephyr runs somewhere through that through there. I think that's the little path at the bottom, but I'm not sure. I'm I actually don't know where the railroad tracks are in uh, Glenwood Springs. I think they're in the picture covered. That's what I'm taking. But anyway, this mud mudslide happened, and I seventy is closed and. I-70 is a really important road. It's one that I've driven the entire length of at different times, I'll say. Um, but just to give you an idea of how long it is, it starts where I am uh, in in Maryland. If you keep driving on I-70, you keep going, and eventually you'll hit Sir Spencer. <laughs> Hopefully he's you don't actually hit him. I don't um, think he's yeah, standing in the road. Don't hit Sir Spencer. He, he's too nice to get run over. We've got to get him some of those reflective clothes so, we can't, so he doesn't get hit. But it goes... All the way up through there, it goes through Denver, and then it keeps going, and, it, and eventually, when you get to somewhere in Utah, you have to choose uh, to go left or right. You know, the road eventually ends, but very long road. It's really a fun drive. I've been all over it. Uh, but anyway, the route from Denver to Grand Junction is usually like a four-hour drive one way, uh, and according to uh, Mark... M. John, M. H. Johnson on NAS. He said it's more like nine hours now, according to some locals around there. So, geez, that's a if you need to get to Grand Junction, you're kind of screwed. It was always a hard yeah. place to get, but now it's it's an all day affair. Yeah. So avoid avoid there until they can get it drained. Yeah. We're waiting for uh, news. I did, would not have seen the story except for uh, except for NAS. So I appreciate it. Well, there's been a few. There's been a few stories I've brought in that. If it wasn't for somebody mentioning them on 
No Agenda Social or on shitposter.club, I would never have brought it up. Yeah. We've got one from, uh, this was another one I saw floating around NAS. I wanted to mention it just because I don't think there's anyone else who's going to cover it, but this was Chris Chan. Uh, I, I, why'd I write? Oh, I've, I've been seeing I've been seeing some news about that on some of the other some of the other servers. This is definitely not a NA social sort of topic. Oh, it's but a, yeah, this is it's I a mean, metaverse topic. It's a it's a it's an internet topic. I mean, I mean, Chris Chan is one of the greatest lol cows of <laughs> all time of all time. Yeah. And so, how do you want to characterize Chris Chan? Oh, besides a lol cow, I was going to characterize uh, uh, Christian as a human, but that was just my approach to it. I yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure if human is a uh, is a valid description of Christian. No, I I've been the creator of Sonchu. We can we can start with that. That is that is definitely something people can agree on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a seriously disturbed individual. Internet personality, Servo says, and and that is correct. Cotton Gin says legend. Legend, I like it. No, Christian got arrested. Uh, Christian is a longtime kind of 4chan celebrity. I won't say celebrity in the good way here. It's it's like uh, someone Chris Chan they... is the reason Kiwi Farms exists. I wasn't going to say the name on here. Because, because I don't that drive started traffic off as a wiki about Chris Chan. Yeah. The... I have a sympathetic angle towards this thing because so Christian got arrested for what allegedly committing incest with his mom. Is that the deal? More than that, allegedly raping his mom. So this is I I didn't see that in the the news article, though. I saw trolls on the Internet saying that I'm looking for the. the the unbiased news source here and i haven't been able to find it what i've been able to find is a lot of people taking information that's it's basically information that's been filtered by people who already hate chris chan and taking the most uh sensational parts of of his life and say oh this is how look how fucked up he is let's poke it with a stick and see if it dies you know and well we're, I don't know, the more i the more that... i look into this in retrospect i'm i don't know it just feels like there's there's someone who has the emotional intelligence of a child who's being bullied by the internet and they like well we're gonna trick him into doing some stupid shit and and you know we're gonna pretend that we're his friend for a while and then uh you know uh when we when we uh get something to happen you know then we're we're gonna leak it and say oh yeah we're gonna uh we're uh look at look how fucked up this is okay well some some of the things some of the things that that uh that Chris Chan has been trolled over are because of some actual like serious crap on his part of such as like the whole the whole uh, ED era Chris Chan stuff where he was essentially internet stalking someone and and threatening to kill somebody else. It's it's interesting to me that he, it, this is clearly someone with a mental disability. And I don't think there's anyone who can test that. And not necessarily th- disability, but definitely because I mean not all not all mental illness is disability. Sure. There's so there's something going on here. Uh and I, I don't know. I feel like uh, this is someone who's been abused by the internet. 
and I didn't start with this story thinking like that, but the, the more I keep reading into it and I'm reading what people are saying about him online and what are the comment sections and all the news articles, I don't know. Some of these I like. I like the Dr. Phil, <laughs> the petition yeah. on change.org, get Chris Chan on Dr. Phil. You know, okay, I think that's funny. But some of it just feels like hate, you know, and it sounds like he, uh, he sounds like he committed a sex crime and got arrested for it, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, for all, for all we know, for all we know, it's just fucking LARPing over the phone, because as, as far as I can tell, all there is, is a, is a multi-hour long phone call recording, yeah. uh, where shit's being said. Obviously, obviously enough shit was said that, uh, that some judge thought that putting a warrant out for his arrest was was like warranted uh no pun intended so here's my but, this i my... mean until until there is until there is like an actual indictment like as for, like it's all just it's all just like complete hearsay right and like Cottingen says, this, it could be it could be a protective arrest even, right? Before before Christian actually does like something truly fucked up, right? It's I mean, that that happens even in the states. Here's what preventative I keep, arrests. What I keep coming back to is this idea that when you have someone, especially someone who has some mental impairment, confesses to a crime. We've had plenty of examples of people confessing to crimes they didn't commit. And we oh don't God. have... I, and we don't have... And people who have just thought of things. I mean, look at all the fucking... Look at all the fucking, like... Uh, like... Hawaiian shirt-wearing idiots who've been arrested as part of the six-week cycle because some, because some asshole of an FBI agent put ideas in their head, right? That so, they would have never actually followed through on. I can't get away from the idea that this is someone who's been victimized by bullies on the internet who has no ability to to understand these people aren't your friends and you know like very little to no ability to to differentiate between reality and fantasy it, and is this just hey you know we tricked chris chan into doing some stupid shit again and we're gonna release an edited or you know, selectively release things that make Christian look really bad. I, I'm not a Christian fan or anything. I'm just the more yeah, I look into the story, I I just it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. It's not the arrest; it's the fact that when there's an article that comes out that has facts inside it, and they write it with neutral voice journalism, which is what it should be reported as. That you go to the comment section, and it's hundreds of people who are obviously just internet trolls saying memes and shit. That are hating on the journalist. They're hating on the article. You're not, you know, presenting it in the worst possible way. What do you, you know, it's. When I saw that dynamic, it really turned me off. I said, this, there's some more shit going on here than we're seeing. I'm. Yeah, so appar apparently there's things about, uh, about this guy who, uh, who actually, like, brought all this out. Uh, this Joshua Connor Moon person. I was going to say names on here. Well, I mean, there's I mean, no reason not to. Can, I was just yeah. There's no reason not to. I mean, this is all out there, so like, it could it could be like, yeah, it could be like some sort of like 
uh, operation by this guy to, like, just further fuck with Christian. Now, Christian needs a lot of fucking help, right? And I don't mean, I don't mean, like, support. I mean, like, actually, actually, like, yeah, this maybe is as far as a padded room, right, sort of thing. This is a adult man who lives with his, what, 80-year-old mom, surrounded by children's toys, and writes a fan comic about where he falls in love with, what, the different characters in Sonic the Hedgehog and makes stupid videos online. It's Yeah. It's, this, uh, this person isn't all there to begin with, and that's, that's one of the things that makes for, that makes for, like, as, as they say on some places, touching the poop. Yeah. Right? Oh, well. I mean, we're supposed, I mean, like, people doing stupid stuff online, yeah, sure, point and laugh, but don't touch the poop, right? Enjoy it, don't get involved in it. I, I just get the feeling there's people who, uh, who get involved and they uh, almost torment this guy. But anyway, that's enough about that. Oh, we've, been, we've been on this for way too long. Yeah, let, let's let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about Free River Dave. He's not Free River Dave. It's Free River Dave. Free River Dave. Yeah. Uh, well, he was uh, he was on a freaking quest, I guess. He was squatting up in New Hampshire. This is a story out of New Hampshire uh, that's from the New York Daily News, but it's the story is about New Hampshire. Um, wait, new. Wait a minute. NY River Dave. Hold on. NH. River Dave, yeah. I don't know why the URL has NY River Dave. It's NH River Dave. Hmm, very confusing. But this was a guy, he's in his, guy in his 80s who's been living out in the woods of New Hampshire on a river uh, for decades. Uh, self-sufficient man uh, and where he grows his own food and he has uh, some contact with the outside world. Like he's famous, apparently, from... People who, you know, ride their boats by, you know, kayakers and such, who see him and they talk to him and, he'll, you know, he's, he's just a guy who's been out there for so long. But he grows his own food, he cuts his own firewood, and he lives alone on a plot of land out in the middle of nowhere. And he's been there for a long time, and at some point, the guy who owned the land... Decades. The guy who owned the land, who verbally gave him permission to go, yeah, go live out there, do whatever you want. You know, build a cabin, why don't you go live on my land? Well, either he died... And someone else inherited it, or he's, the the land got sold, or something like that. It's not clear to me exactly what happened, but the ownership of the land changed hands, and the guy who now owns it doesn't appreciate the fact that River Dave is living on it. And so, despite uh, the new owner being in Vermont, is now stirring up shit in New Hampshire, which I think should be a crime. And uh, they they arrested him. He's out in front of a. He's out in the the court, and they're making him defend. Uh, or argue his uh, his right to live in the cabin he's lived in for 30 years. You know, he's been on the land. I have a problem with this story. Despite the fact that River Dave never did anything wrong. There's an eviction yeah, after, after that long, after that long of, uh, of squatting there, especially with permission, it should be like you get title to it, right? What happened to the eviction moratorium? You can't, you can't evict River Dave. What is this shit? River Dave didn't do anything wrong. He's got to be, you got to let him go. That's my, that's my two cents. It's a cool story though. I mean, imagine living out for 30 years. You could go live in a cabin. You wouldn't have to deal with anyone. You just live off the land. Mm -hmm. That is until someone comes knocking on your door. Along and why are people quoting the Beatles in, in the uh, thing? 
crime gang. Yeah, I'm looking at the River Dave. He did. He don't do nothing to no one. Says Carblanes thirty three. I should post River that. River Dave did nothing wrong. River Dave did nothing wrong. Yeah. You don't hear about that much. I, I heard about that growing up. People who would live, you know, build a shack out somewhere. Maybe in my my grandparents, great grandparents era. There's people who were maybe a successful uh, golfer or a businessman or something down in New York or New Jersey, and they kind of got sick of it, and they went just went up to New Hampshire. And I'm talking about, you know, 1903. <laughs> they went yeah. up, they got a piece of land, and they, like, I'm just going to live on it. Or they went and squatted somewhere, and they put up a shack and lived there for uh, their entire life. It's the live free or die state. Yeah. Fuck these fuckers who are trying to kick them out. Apparently my great-grandfather had a friend who was uh, one of these guys who lived in a in a shack in town, and he had moved up, and no one was really sure where he's from, but he, uh, he had some a couple things. He had, like, a golf trophy and some other things. But that was all he ever had, and so he just set up a, a cabin and, you know, uh, you know, in the town and started building around it, and he just lived there forever. Apparently played poker with my great-grandfather, one of these guys. <laughs> oh, well. A different way of life oh, lost yeah. to us unfortunately i wish i could just get a cabin and speaking of, disconnect from the speaking world speaking of ways of life how much do you think of how much of our dna do you think is unique to us as a species mm. at least one yep at least one I, at least one bit of it has to be according to this <laughs> la times article seven percent Thanks to interbreeding, just 7% of our DNA is unique to modern humans, oh, study shows. Well, what's the other part unique to? Well, the, <laughs> first of all, this article, despite being a supposed science article, doesn't really cover it all that well. And where I, f I found this on Hacker News, which, as we all know, is Ryan Bemrose's favorite place to find his headlines. Ah, Hacker News. Yep. And so this user on Hacker News had a bit of a better coverage on on what's being said here. So I'm going to put that in the I'm going to put the link to his comments in the his comment in the show notes. But I will do a little bit of reading out of this article, and if you want, if you want, you can. We'll alternate paragraphs. How about that? We'll, well do a do you want, read. Do you want some backing music or anything like that, or you just want to go? No, no, no. Let's just let's just let's just NPR it as is. Okay, go ahead. What makes humans unique? Scientists have taken another step forward. So, or having a thought. Okay, take two. Do you want music this time? It might make it easier. No, no music. You sure? Okay, fine. I'm sure. What makes humans unique? Scientists have taken another step towards solving an enduring mystery with a new tool that may allow for more precise comparisons between the DNA of modern humans and that of our extinct ancestors. What? What? I thought you were going to read the next paragraph. Oh, uh, I didn't know I was supposed to do anything. I thought you were going to read it. No, I said we'll alternate paragraphs. <sighs> I wasn't paying attention. I was looking for the nature sounds, okay? Where's the article? I didn't even <laughs> click it. L.A. Times. It, it, I pasted in the in the chat room. Yeah, uh, I was waiting for you to read it to me. Okay, what's my... I can't read this. It says special limited time offer. $1 for six months or 80, okay, 98 for one year. Okay, I'll continue reading it myself then. Uh, I've got to disable Just JavaScript. 7%, Just 7% of our genome is uniquely shared with other humans and not shared by 
other early ancestors, according to a study published Friday in the journal Science Advances. That's a pretty small percentage, said study lead author Nathan Schaefer, a computational biologist now at UC San Francisco. This kind of finding is why scientists are turning away from thinking that we humans are so vastly different from Neanderthals. The research draws upon DNA extracted from fossil remains of now-extinct Neanderthals and Denisovans dating back to around 40,000 or 50,000 years ago, as well as from 279 modern people from around the world. Scientists already know that modern people share some DNA with Neanderthals, but different people share different parts of the genome. One goal of the new research was to identify the genes that are exclusive to modern humans. Mm. It's a difficult statistical problem, and the research developed a valuable tool that takes account of missing data in the ancient genomes, Ooh. said John Hawkes, a paleoanthropologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison who was not involved in the research. The researchers also found that an even smaller fraction of our genome, just 1.5%, is both unique to our species and shared among all people alive today. Those slivers of DNA may hold the most significant clues as to what truly distinguishes modern human beings. We can tell those regions of the genome are highly enriched for genes that have to do with neural development and brain function, said UC Santa Cruz computational biologist Richard Green, a co-author of the paper. In 2010, Green helped produce the first draft sequence of a Neanderthal genome. Four years later, geneticist Joshua Aki co-wrote a paper showing that modern humans carry some remnants of Neanderthal DNA. Since then, scientists have continued to refine techniques to better extract, or to extract and analyze genetic material from fossils. Better tools allow us to increasingly more detailed questions about human history and evolution, said Aki, who is now at Princeton and was not involved in the new research. He praised the methodology of the new study. However, Adeline and Templeton, a population geneticist at Washington University in St. Louis, questioned the author's assumption that changes in the human genome are randomly distributed, rather than clustered around certain hotspots within the genome. The findings underscore that we're actually a very young species, said Aki. Not that long ago, we shared the planet with other human lineages. Very nice. Thank you. Good job. Woohoo! I think that's the best cold read I've ever done. I told you it's the nature sounds. It must be. Yeah. Here you go. So the paper itself is also going to be linked. It appears to be open access. Oh, that's good. Oh, I love it yeah. when that's open access. You don't know. Well, maybe you do. It, because you work in a technical field at, at some level. If you don't ever have to reference scientific literature... Or if you have no interest in it, you wouldn't you don't understand how frustrating it is to try and track down something, uh, especially when it's behind a paywall. And they, you've got to uh, become a member of our organization and then pay thirty nine ninety nine to download the PDF. You know, it's yep. really fuck Springer and fuck. What's that other one that starts with Elsevier? Ab double fuck Elsevier, actually. Double Those fuck. Bastards are the worst. Double fuck them. You know what that sounds like? Ah, ah. There you go. Son of the bitch! Oh, man. And that's also what you say when you can't find the paper because it's locked behind a paywall. I just absolutely hate that. So you brought up, before we said that, uh, Ryan Bemrose, 
his favorite thing was hacker news and you you went through all that trouble to get to get that article um but uh i just ran i ran across it i mean i just go on hacker news like regularly and sometimes i comment on things and very rarely i post articles i come across myself Uh aha well we had some uh some podcast news you want to go through it yeah so so the grumpy old has sad but true grumpy old old is on hiatus the grumpy old has been's has been's oh there you go i've been working on that one you like that one <laughs> the grumpy old has beds. No, and uh I don't think they're really gone, but I did check and see if Harry Hamster is still banned, and as of six thirty PM today, Harry Hamster is still banned from No Agenda. Uh the, He was the unbanned for a while, but then after he popped back in, I guess Sir Bemrose noticed and rebanned him for ban evasion. <laughs> Oh man! Despite the fact that he was actually unbanned, there was no actual ban evasion. <laughs> yeah. So I pledged to listen to uh, all episodes of Grumpy Old Ben's this week. Just, just you know, because I know they really want me to listen to more episodes of Grumpy Old Ben. So I've decided that I will. So every episode of Grumpy Old Ben that comes out, I'm going to listen to it uh, at least for the next week. So. Yeah, and I hope it. Co- I hope it comes back. <laughs> Though to be honest, I am. <laughs> I I have to I have to say that I'm on Bemrose's side with this because I mean I've been in that position where somebody has kept pushing and pushing and pushing me all the way past the breaking point and that's what it seems to have been for for Ryan. I am that uh, abs- Her- that Harry has for the last while been going beyond just trolling and going into actual like personal attacks and the like. To the point where if he even mentions Ryan, like Ryan just expects like all hell's gonna all hell's gonna happen for him, uh, like mentally or emotionally. So being being somebody who has been in that position myself, I totally emphasize with uh, with what Ryan's doing. Plus, I've been I've been a channel operator on well a bigger network than Zero Node. And I've had to deal with people who the only way to the only way that you could do anything is to actually kick and ban them because they are so disruptive that you don't have a choice. There's no you can ignore them yourself, but everybody else is still going to be like pestered by like the flooding that they'll do. And it's not that difficult to flood without hitting flood limits. It it is actually pretty damn easy, and it takes somebody who like somebody who's like script kitty level intelligence can figure out what to do, right? I mean, you have to be you have to be like chin on the ground, drooling retard level of stupid to to like try and flood a channel and actually like continually get kicked on the on the flood limits. Well, that was a very nice speech, but I'm 100% with Darano on this one. Uh-oh. And the reason... I hope this doesn't mean that we're going to go and, on hiatus next. And the reason is because they don't have their own channel. They use the No Agenda channel. And we, we use... Contraire. We use... There is a GOB channel. Well, it's they, just that nobody else uses it. We, well, maybe right they now, should. Right now, there's me, Darren, and Sir Spencer in there. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me what Harry Hamster did or didn't do. It, I think the the problem here is that Void Zero has a different opinion on whether Harry Hamster should be banned or not. 
and whether he should be banned from the No Agenda channel. It's not even the Grumpy Old Ben's channel. And the so uh, question you know, on question on that is: Has Void actually come out and said anything yet? No, but I've I heard, haven't heard anything. I've heard commentary that that he's involved in some way, and in, in, in that uh, Harry Hamster may be within the guidelines that Void has set. Hmm. And if that is true, then uh, Ryan's a little bitch. No, not not if not if a not if Harry's been doing like personal attacks. There's a difference between trolling and like actually making personal attacks on somebody I, and harassment. I, I don't actually know what he said or didn't say. Um, I'm just calling it from uh, I'm calling it from the back room, not watching the game at all. Uh, likewise, is- likewise, I'm I'm in the peanut gallery myself on this. Uh, just going with like. With like from what from what I have seen and heard, right, and having my own experiences to lean back on, I find my I find myself siding more with Ryan than with uh, Harry on this. And I mean, Harry used to be like a pretty decent troll, fun fun troll, not a not an asshole troll. And then something happened like last year, like late summer early fall he like got before, into drugs before the election and he like just like he just changed hmm. like may- maybe maybe he developed like the internet equivalent of a brain tumor and that's just <laughs> changed like how he is online i don't know but like i'm not gonna say he's not an asshole or that he's not a un oh he's definitely an asshole for. but then again i'm an asshole you're an asshole yeah Ryan and Darren are assholes. It's it's not a bad thing to be an asshole. Yeah. I it's don't know. actually a lot of fun most of the time, so long as nobody's trying to stick anything in you. I see the... Um, maybe the, the core problem I see is that uh, if you piss off one host of one show, does that mean you get banned from all shows that run on the No Agenda stream and might chat in that chat, same chat room? And uh, I don't know. I my I've already said my piece on it. Yeah, it, it it's not something that has any sort of easy answer. Possibly not have any answer at all. Really, right? Yeah. All I can do is just opine on it, and I mean opinions aren't aren't facts. They're I feel this way, you feel that way, and whatever the reality of it is immaterial in that case, right? Yep. So I'm saying like. Yeah, I, I I see where Ryan's coming from. I empathize with him. I agree uh, with what he did. Am I going to am I going to fight for him on all of this though? No, I'm no. just I'm just observing. I'm just putting out my two cents, and that's as far as I'm going with it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, on in other news, we had Hog Story had their number two hundred six Jumanji down. Jumanji down! Jumanji down! That was uh, filmed in New Hampshire, by the way, the original Robin Williams Jumanji movie. Keen, New Hampshire. Oh, that was cool. Fun, fun I never saw factor. the new movie. I just saw the original one with Robin Williams. Yeah, that was filmed in New Hampshire. The new one was cool. filmed in an L.A. soundstage or something. Like everything is these days. Yeah. They had... Um, a, the majority of the show, I'll say, was uh, Fletcher talking about shafts and uh, the queen shaft and the king shaft. Yes, it was a very lewd episode. It was a very lewd episode. I did not do a supercut, though I thought about it. Of Shaft, Shaft, Shaft. Oh, man, you totally should have. That that was the episode for supercutting. No. 
Unfortunately, I didn't follow up. Right at the end, he mentioned something which is near and dear to my heart, which is muon tomography, which is a uh, a process that they use to find that there's actually voids inside the pyramid. There's empty space, or at least, uh, let's say, spaces of lower density. Yeah. Muons are just, are just fatter electrons. Yeah, that, that's it. And the key <laughs> thing about them... <laughs> I mean, that's it. What do you want me to say? The, the key thing about them is... They form when cosmic rays, what I should say, when I say cosmic rays, I mean particles like alpha particles, helium particles, um, hydrogen particles hit the atmosphere. They kind of disintegrate into a bunch of, you know, electrons and, and you know, they blow apart. And sometimes there's enough energy in the collision that instead of all the electrons flying off, sometimes a muon appears, which is a fat yep. electron. And these were discovered a long time ago. I I didn't bring notes. I'm just reciting from memory. A guy. In, I'm actually looking at a diagram of the standard model as we speak. Yeah. The idea was that they, they discovered there was a particle that had a charge of, I guess it had minus one because it's a negative charge, but it had more mass than an electron. And they kept finding these things And the higher up. Uh, if they walked up a mountain and set their detectors up, they'd find more of them. And if they went underground, they'd find less of them. They said, well, wait a minute, they must be coming from the sky if that's the deal. And later on, they kind of, they did a bunch of experiments to confirm that. And they found out that when these particles, cosmic particles are hitting the Earth's atmosphere and, and they have so much energy, they kind of blow apart. There's a chance for something called a muon to appear. And it, it acts just like an electron, but it has more mass. So some of the yep. energy, some of that extra energy is, is held in mass. It's unstable. So I think... And I am totally reciting this from memory. I think in a couple microseconds, it always decays back to an electron. But the I think that's general. I think that's generally the case for second and third generation leptons. Yeah, they don't last very long. But it's kind of cool. A lot of the particle accelerators will make um, a lot of the detectors they have are like muon detectors. I know um, the LHC has a new muon detector kind of thing. It's all the the new hotness down there. Someone has someone has a new detector. I don't know. That's what it actually detects. Um, yeah. Anyway, what they did is they set up one of these detectors inside the, um, the pyramids. Inside, the I don't know pyramid. the Great Pyramid. I'm trying to remember what the chamber was. It's somewhere inside, and they had it set up in a way where they could tell which what the direction of arrival was, and they found out that more were coming from one direction from, than another. And they said, "Wait a minute." Doesn't that imply that there's less density in that way versus the other? And when they worked everything out, they realized that there must be a void somewhere in that direction. And here's sort of the, the, the angle it would subtend, you know, the area that it would subtend from the detector. And they, they haven't been able to figure out what's actually in there. And I don't know if there's a way to get into there at all, but it's one of those mysteries ghosts. in there. Yeah, ghosts. It's where they keep it's all full, the... It's full of ghostly particles. It's full of uh, hamburger wrappers and AOL CDs. Yeah. So I'm looking at the picture in this article on theconversation.com yes. and it looks like this void is above the grand gallery. Yes. So of course this is just a this is just a flat 2D image. So there's no idea of like if it is actually above or it's just like above but one way or the other, right? To the left or right or whatever. It's a cool story. It's something that's been known for a long time. I think the earliest uh, the earliest time they detected that was, I want to say it was like the 
the 60s or something a really long time ago. But uh, this this team is from 2007, I think. The one from the article. 1955, according to the article. And so that is early, because you have to think about muons were discovered, what, in the late 1900s? Like 1920 or something, 1930s? Apparently, Anderson and Nettermeyer in 1936. Yeah, okay. So I've, 19- I've got the book of knowledge in front of me, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, totally prepped on this for a change. That's, it's just crazy how fast some of the science moved uh, around the, the turn of the previous century. They yeah, from- like, from, from, the 18, from the 1890s to just before World War II, right? It was, like... They found so much I think stuff. We lear- I think we learned more about, about like, subatomic physics in that period than we did any time after. Oh, yeah. They, they were finding so many particles. There was a joke amongst physicists. Uh, have you, maybe you've heard this one. You, you might have heard this. I suppose the audience might not have. That back in the, the 20s and 30s, if you found a new particle, they gave you a Nobel Prize. But by the time the 50s and 60s rolled around, the, the joke was, well, you used to get a prize for this, but now there should be a $10,000 fine because people were finding <laughs> shit so fast. What would happen is someone would have a theory. Oh, here's how quantum physics works. And then someone would find a new particle that broke it. They, and everyone has to tear up their notebooks, you know, start over. And some of, the, and some of those particles aren't even real they're just virtual particles a virtual particle is that which like- is one of which is one of the weirdest thing which is one of the weirdest things about particle physics there are there are the elementary particles there are the composite particles like like you know the Adrons. neutrons and protons yep. and there are virtual particles that only exist for some sort of state change between between these different elementary and composite particles, like gluons, is that what you're referring to? No, no, like pions. Oh, pions. Yeah, they're pions. You, they actually measure though. Like they have pion decay. Are you sure? Because what I've heard is pions are a virtual particle. Um, hmm. I don't know. I've seen a bunch of state diagrams that show pions in them. Uh, okay, so I'm, be... I'm looking, and yeah, apparently they do actually exist. They are. They are hadrons that consist of a quark and an antiquark. Yep. And okay, but I do know that there are there are what are known as virtual particles that seem to exist simply for the sake of of like being able to make sense of particle physics and some of the reactions that have been seen. Isn't that a gluon though? Isn't that a, I, no, I guess it's gluons an gluons are actually part of the are actually part of the uh the standard model. They're well, a gauge no one's boson. Ever, there's no one's ever really observed one, did they? That's part of you I'm know, not color, sure. That's part of like color charge in the color charge system uh, that holds all the quarks together. They're no, they're a, they're a force carrier. Yeah? yeah, but but it's not like anyone's ever measured one. It's they exist between quarks that are making up like a neutron or something. And but you can't see one. Like no one ever has been able to isolate one, as far as I know. Oh, that's my understanding. Well, I should as, put it that yeah, way. Yeah, as far as far as uh, as far as they're concerned, it exists and it mediates a strong interaction. 
So I'm still confused at what a virtual particle is that, because that's what I thought it was, because uh, one of these things you just don't directly In observe. physics, a virtual particle is a transient quantum fluctuation that exhibits some of the characteristics of an ordinary particle while having an ex its existence limited by the uncertainty principle. Oh, here we go. No, f look, I'm reading this right here. The strong nuclear force between quarks is a result of the interaction of virtual gluons. Yeah, gluons are virtual particles. Some of them might be. I think they, they all are. All uh, they all are. Uh, okay, uh, okay, 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 uh, okay. Uh, You're the scientist. <laughs> well, uh, we'll put an asterisk by that today. Um, <laughs> all right, what else do we got? We got abs in a six-pack tonight. They're doing their 100th yep. episode. Uh, I think they're 100. doing their 100th. 100. Somehow they skipped 99 because they were at 98, and tonight's the 100th episode? What? How's that work? They just they just want to get they just want to get that hundred smacks out of Sir Smedser. <laughs> oh, is there a bet? Perverts. Is there a bet in play here? No, but you remember you oh, remember Hog uh, Stories hundredth episode? I thought you and were then talking their about two hundredth episode. Okay, hundred smackaroos. I thought meant dollars. I understand now. Thank you. Yeah. Wow! Wow! We don't need to reiterate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I've been listening to behind the schemes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go back to Abs in a Six Pack and do a do a shout out to their new URL, shitmyass.com. Yes. You can go to shitmyass.com. <laughs> Somehow they got that one. <laughs> to listen to Abs in a Six Pack. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Behind the schemes, I've been listening to that lately too. I, I guess maybe because <laughs> there's no grumpy old beds. I'm listening to them now. I guess they're my replacement. And uh, I'm still. I always think I know what behind the schemes is about, and then I listen to it, and I realize that I'm completely wrong, and they're always talking about something else that's more interesting than what I presume they're talking about. So it's it's been fun. I listened to their previous episode, and and I got midway through their uh, their latest. I'll, I'll probably be listening to a lot more podcasts in the future, so they might be on the list next time. Are you actually going to stop being a non-completionist? Oh, I've never stopped being a non-completionist. Oh, uh, that was too much to ask, I guess, eh? Yeah. I, sometimes what I'm going to have to do is stop myself. I'm going to have to not complete something on purpose just to uh, maintain my status. You know what you do? What do I do? You skip the second episode <laughs> of a series. And there you go. You can watch all the rest. And you know that because you did not listen to the second episode that you have absolutely not completed it. <laughs> did I tell you my credentials as a dedicated non-completionist? I'm sure you have, but... Have you told the crowd? Yeah, they they include reading the third and fourth books in series without reading the first and second. They include uh, picking up various Game of Thrones books. And then every time I got bored, just keep turning the pages until something interesting happened. Uh, that I mean, some people call I it. I think a lot of people reading. actually read them that way. I'm pretty sure the showrunners for the Game of Thrones <laughs> show read the books that way. I am. I, I did that with. The first time I read Dune, I skipped a shitload of it, but I really liked it, so I actually did go back and read it. But the first time, though, I was like, eh, this is boring, keep going, eh, where's the sex scene, keep going. Unfortunately, there was no there sex scene. There wasn't really any sex scenes in Dune. No. Well, there was, uh, Chaney, I guess. Not Dick Chaney. No, there wasn't, the there desert, wasn't really the, uh, any actual sex scenes with Chaney. Well, you should watch the, there was, uh, There's obvious, like... There's, like, obvious signs that they had done it, because, I mean, their dead baby, for example, right? Ah, ah. 
I wish you didn't say dead baby before I played that. <laughs> uh, I think it was perfect timing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh yes. My God. Yes. So what do we got? We got the <laughs> Glenwood Springs uh, mudslide. Oh, shadow boxing. Yeah, you you said something about shadow boxing in your introduction. What's that about? It's it's not about any. It's about a guy I saw on the road yesterday. I was taking a walk down the uh, the road, and there was a guy. He's training. You know how in Rocky, you know, he's walking around. He's hoo, hoo, huh. that's the sound he makes when he punches. Huh, huh, huh. He's punching. yeah, yeah. And I've seen many a parody of it. Running up the steps and running down the steps. Okay, this guy was the training montage. Yeah. He was in a training montage. He was shadow kickboxing. Not just boxing. He's doing the punches, but he's doing the kicks, too. And he's just on the sidewalk. I thought it was like the scene in Street Fighter where you beat up the car. I thought he was going to attack <laughs> the traffic guy. You know, because he's just on the... He, he was... I'm, I should take this back. He wasn't on the sidewalk. He was in the middle of the road. Oh, uh, shit. One of these back roads that I was walking on. And, you know, I walked by him and he was like, hey, hey, how's it going, man? He's oh, yeah, pretty good. You know. So I want to be his friend, you know what I mean? I don't want it to be weird or anything. But Yeah, you, you just you just want to hang out with this guy, you know, do a little bit of shadow kickboxing <laughs> with him. No, I just thought it was really funny. He's he's it's not funny. You know, he's training. He's really into it. And I love it. But from a distance, it did look like he was going to punch a car, which I also do love. That is pretty good. <laughs> that that's the shadow kickboxer. The uh I can't remember what I called it. Yes. I don't know. What do you got for stories called? You got anything to pull um, in? I w we did miss one thing with our with our uh podcast talk and that is it has been 164 days now since the last episode of Maps with Matt. Mm. And yeah, um there's some stuff that I'm not entirely prepared for that I'm going to push to next week because they're not really time sensitive. But there, there's a couple, there's a couple things that I just wanna, I just wanna throw out there. And we still have to talk about anime. So first of all, first of all, I came across recently from a from a training course that I was taking for work. One of the other people in this course mentioned that they were taking a class on game development from Harvard University and I didn't I didn't mm. know that Harvard actually had like a game dev program at all and so I looked it up and yeah there's this there's actually this uh free course on game development CS50 introduction to game development so I found that's pretty pretty neat I might I might actually sign up for it myself oh yeah uh who knows when it's going to be completed, right? Audit for free, add a verified certificate for 199 US. Yeah, you don't need that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to bother going for the certificate, but yeah, it seems pretty interesting. So, as I as I normally seem to treat the show as my personal link dump, <laughs> uh, I feel I felt like you know let's let's drop this out, let other people hear about it. I like I love these online courses. I've done a bunch of them uh, where you can audit for good, free. Yeah. yeah, and actually, a lot of a lot of universities you can audit you can audit their stuff for free. They don't they don't care as long as there as long as there's room in the class. They don't give a damn. It's just that you're not going to be doing any assignments. You're not going to be doing the exam, so you don't get any credit. Yep, it's a it's a good good deal 
actually, if you can learn it something is, it for is. free. If you don't if you don't need the little if you don't need the sheepskin, right? Just uh just go hang out at your local university for a while and learn shit. Oh my god. What? I I open no agenda social and there's some weird shit showing up. Pilt? It's no agenda social. Yes. <laughs> you ready for pickle milk? More fifty oh percent more salt. Fifty percent more salt than regular milk with high quality thirteen grams of pickles per serving. What? Oh no! I okay. came across a dandelion. A, a dandelion. Yeah. Tell, tell me about this dandelion. Oh, he he is dressed to kill. I'll tell you. <laughs> He's the queen of the jungle. Oh, more like the king. He's uh, still the king. Go. He's even got like this nice pimp cane, silver headed and everything. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you know, did you ever watch? Uh, was it Kimono Friends? Speaking of the jungle. No, I did not actually watch Kimono Friends. It was a little too cutesy even for me. <laughs> I love the idea of it. I couldn't get through more than I watched the first episode. You know, remember this... that penguin that fell in love with one of the characters from Kimono Friends? <laughs> no. That was from Kimono Friends, right? I don't remember the story at all. That 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 penguin in the park in Japan. No, no, I know there were penguins in Kimono Friends. I don't remember this. This sounds like an anime story, which means I didn't read it. The kimono... Yeah, so they they actually put like this penguin character, a cutout of this penguin character, in the oh, in the geez. enclosure. <laughs> oh, they put the penguin girl from Komodo Friends in the penguin uh, enclosure at the zoo. Yes. Do you know the story of Komodo Friends? Grapecun. Do you know the story of Fuck uh, up Grapecun? Grapecun. Grape. Um. No, grape coon, not rape coon. <laughs> I see, grape coon. I'm gonna come. There you go. Woo! Ah, ah. Good job. There we go. Oh, they have like a shrine to the penguin girl. Okay. No, I wanted to ask you. Do you know the story of Komodo Friends? The, you know, not the... really. I like I said, I I didn't watch it, so I don't know the storyline or anything. Well, it's not the story of the anime because it's dumb. But the story oh. of the success of it is actually really interesting, where they had Kimono Friends was going to be one of these mobile game games, and they had dumped a shitload of money into, oh, it's going to be this game where you run around a zoo, and there's like a gachapon bullshit, pay to, you know, uh, just like all of these other Asian um, mobile games. You know, they were trying to mm -hmm. cash in on that trend, and so they built this whole property and it was going to have all this, you know, all the stupid shit that, that comes with all of it. And anyway, it was all a total flop. No one cared what Kimono Friends was. No one played the game. No one bought any of the merch. No one did anything. But for some reason, they continued to make, through this lost kind of failed property, they made the really low-budget CG animated anime where they had uh, Kimono Friends was... It's like the story of a girl who goes to a park in post-apocalyptic Africa, I guess. And she meets the animals and they make their friends with each other and they kind of walk around and talk. And anyway, it became one of the most popular animes that whole season. And it sold more than any of the other uh, the DVDs that came out at the time. So it was a complete dud. No one cared about it. But then as the, the show came on, people kept watching it, watching it. And it got all this attention Despite the fact it got in, yeah, it got in second, it got a second game apparently, and then a second season that was partially funded by Crunchyroll. Yeah, it was. So the second season sucks. Uh, 
I'm told I didn't watch any of it, but the whole thing surrounding it, it was all organic where the entire property, I guess the, the point is the entire property flopped. It should have been a flop. It should have been a failure. And then they rose up and they actually, the, the low budget anime won. And you know, we like underdog stories. So there you go. That's the yeah. underdog. It's an underdog story. That's why I like it. Well, speaking of other stories, uh, other anime. Yeah, we so, had. so while we're on the topic of anime, uh, how about your Mexican telenovela? It's back in full murder mode. Woo! It is. There is a scene where, let's see, uh, twin identical twins. One strangles the other one to death and nice. also zaps her with a uh, an old, not a taser, but, you know, like an old uh, kind of taser like uh I don't know what you call those electric handheld uh, personal defense shockers, whatever you call those things. Not taser. That's a brand name, you know, uh, cattle prod. It's basically like a cattle prod. Um, one of the characters, Mion, ch- she chokes uh, Rika to death. The, the one of the young girls in there. And then if that wasn't enough, she stuffs her down a toilet. And so there's one. I'm going to actually make this really large in the, the show notes and if you refresh it, there's just a shot of her stomping her head down a turlet in the turlet, a turlet. She looking at her, and she goes down to the septic tank. I'm going to use that for my post show toot. Okay. I'm not going to put it in the show notes then if you're going to yep. use it for the toot. It's a bunch of gunplay. So they have like the other like nine year old girl has a gun and she's shooting people. There was a torture scene where they cut a bunch of guys uh, ear off and they cut all his fingers off. Uh, it's like fucking brutal. They brought back, you know what they brought back from the original Higurashi was the fingernail prying machine. The what? The fingernail prying machine. This was back in 2000, what, five or six when Higurashi first came around. This was the fan favorite torture scene, which was like the gross out scene that everyone looked at. Holy shit. What the hell is going on? Where they had a, um, it was like the mafia. She, this, this girl, you know, uh, made a mistake and she's well to atone for your sin. You're going to have to pull off your own fingernails and you're going to pull Jesus off all Christ. of them yourself. And so they gave her this machine to do it. And she has to do it in like the, the cult setting where everyone's standing around watching her. And if she doesn't do it, they're going to kill her. Uh, and they're going to kill her sister too. So she, so she has to do it. And that's the scene that was back in 2005 or six or whenever it first came out, they brought back the damn machine this episode. So that's where they're going, man. Fuck. One of the most disturbing scenes in Higurashi. Also, the one that uh, sort of clinched it as one of my favorite shows. Because <laughs> it was so fu- It was that and the head stabbing one. That was the other good one. But anyway. You, sir, are disturbed. I love it. It's uh, definitely a gory anime. What Indeed. About you? What about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Cutie stuff. I've been wondering about, uh, I've been wondering about AI. AI? I? Yes. Yes. Artificial intelligence, or at least robotics. Okay. You know, like all this promise, oh, we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to like manufacture everything with robots and people aren't going to have to work anymore. La 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 la. Okay. So tell me, why is most, why is most of the work of assembling cars still done by humans who are just guiding robots around or operating tools on arms where the robotic bricklayers right turns out a lot of this stuff that that like technologists have gone oh yeah we can we can 
build a robot and program an AI for that. It's not so simple. Yep, tape loops didn't... Remember Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut? They, they got Remind the... Me. They got the, uh, the welder, the best welder in town. They got him to weld the perfect seam. Well, they recorded his motion on a tape, a magnetic tape, and they just played the tape loop over and over, and then he, they welded all the seams in the car factory. Doesn't quite work like that. Not in real life, Doug, but it was still no, a good because, No, because those, those tiny little movements that you might do are, like, for that particular situation, it's not something that you can just play over and over again. The bricklaying, that's, that's one where they're thinking for over 100 years... Yeah, it, it looks like it looks like you've got a bunch of identical shaped blocks and you're just stacking them in a certain way and you just got a little bit of you just got a little bit of masonry to stick between them. Oh, this will be simple. And it's anything but part of it, of course, because because that concrete is non-Newtonian fluid. The mortar. Right? Yeah, the mortar is uh doesn't act the way you might think it does. There's issues of keeping the keeping the bricks level, and you'll see like a lot of times like they will actually bring across strings and measures and all sorts of things when they're doing a wall. There's a reason that actual like human bricklayers only do like maybe 400 bricks in a day, and all these all these robots that they've come up with that could do the that could do the bricklaying either screw up or they need human supervision to go to follow along and make corrections for each individual brick and at that point like what have you done you've just wasted a bunch of money because you still have to have the the brick layer there the whole time doing almost the same amount of work you'd be doing otherwise right so i was reading this article about that on substack just recently it's it's actually a pretty good read. Yep. And yeah, I mean like we used to worry some people used to worry, oh, they're going to they're going to replace me with a machine. Well, it turns out that no, they most likely aren't going to, at least not for another 100 years or so because the the actual nitty-gritty of the work is beyond what we can do with current day robotics technology and artificial intelligence to control it yeah when you think about putting up a brick wall you know for a building it's a very important thing to have and it's not uh, an excess not so much not so it's much not as it used to be as, as time's gone on we've stopped relying on on like brick walls as a support and even in a lot of houses they're simply a facade now and the actual support of the building is in other internal structures if you're actually laying bricks though it's worth it to have a person doing it it's worth it to have someone supervising it at least it's not it's not like oh i better save 50 cents a, a second 50 a, a second maybe i don't know 50 cents an hour by having a machine do it it's because, well, because you're gonna put this thing, thing up is, and you don't want it to fail you gotta the thing is you get one of these machines yeah you might be paying 50 you might be paying like five bucks an hour to operate it but you're still going to be paying a mason another seventy-five to a hundred dollars an hour to keep up with it and fix its mistakes. Yep. So where where do you end up, right? You're not saving any money. You're actually you're actually paying more to have your to have this neat little toy 
that looks to be doing useful work, but everything that it's doing has to be corrected by hand anyways. So the best the best thing for something like bricklaying is actually like a uh, an artificial muscle system, like those exoskeletons. Like you you remember the lifter in Aliens? Yeah, that's the greatest yeah. fight in sci-fi: the lifter versus the queen. So actually, the mil the U.S. The loader, military sorry, has loader. been working on a much smaller scale thing like that, where where like you're in this exoskeleton suit and your movements are are picked up by it, right? And there's like hydraulics or pneumatics that that like they don't take control of your movement. Like you don't bump your arms up and it and it like throws rips your arms off and throws them into the air, but rather rather it's like a feedback sort of thing. So it enhances your strength. So somebody who's laying bricks for for years and years and years isn't going to blow out all their all their joints from from all the work because the actual load's being carried by this exoskeleton with an artificial muscle system, right? Yeah. You know, so something something like that is far more useful in a lot of these in a lot of these careers where they're saying, "Yeah, we can we can replace you with robots." Instead of replacing the workers with robots, give them give them robot assistance that makes the work easier on them. But still, leave, but still leaves like all the decisions up to them, which is what they have to do anyways with the robots. Yep. And I, I would love to have a sexy robot assistant. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah. You remember Beatless? Beatless. What was Beatless? Yeah. That anime. No. It was a. It was a science fiction. Uh, they did, uh, Deo Media did an anime of it in, uh, in 2008. Mm. Oh, and, uh, human-like robots. Human-like robots. No, I haven't seen yeah. this. I'm actually looking oh, through, so I don't recognize any of this. I'm looking at it, this is all new to me. It kind of looks like, um, you know, a little, like, plug suit stuff. Where the, you should the take. A, you latex. should watch it. It's, it's actually, it was actually a really good anime. So, Two core, that too. All the girls are wearing skin tight, like uh, transparent uh, plastic suits. So yeah, okay, this is up my alley. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick a link to Beatless in the show notes as well. Yeah. Obviously. All right, and uh, those those girls in those skin tight suits are not necessarily people. Aha, uh -huh. they're Beatless. So they they don't are they're the they're Chinoids. Uh huh. Is it called Beatless because they don't have heartbeats? I don't know why it's called Beatless. It could simply be because the original author of the uh, of the novel series that the anime is based on just like thought it sounded cool. I mean, you know, you know how the Japanese are with naming stuff with uh, with English words. Maybe they didn't like certain root vegetables, so they're maybe <laughs> maybe they preferred potatoes like yeah. we do. And we, of course, do prefer potatoes. I hit the button like three times. <laughs> because you could, because you kept hitting it the wrong time. I know. I need to work on my timing. All right. Well, until uh, next week, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Adios. Leha! I had a gun woman. But you lay down, huh?
Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied? 